0: Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Aye, 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 aye Lisa Rubin. Yes, Katie Harms. I'm not sure what that aye,
1: aye, aye is, but go for it.
2: Well. Uh, so there's been a lot. There's been a lot since we last talked. And since we last put out a podcast, you had a trip to Italy. I did. I had a fabulous, fabulous
1: trip to Italy. Um, I learned a lot. I saw a lot, um, and came back without luggage and came back without luggage. Yes. Um, my trip was amazing for eight days and then my way home Was not fun at all,
2: and we all, I think, have heard. There's just so much going on in the travel industry, and really, lack of employees have are really showing through. You have now been caught in a uh, luggage strike in Amsterdam. We're thinking that's 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 what I was told.
1: Um, That was what I was told, but it all started when I left Florence. To fly back to Amsterdam to catch my flight to fly home. And our flight was two and a half hours late out of Florence, which means we missed our flight to come to Minneapolis. So when we arrived in Amsterdam, we waited in a two and a half hour transfer line to, I hadn't gotten rebooked yet, and Uh to get all of our information. And it was, a nightmare. And for th- those that still believe that COVID is still around, which I do, um, I had my mask on, but nobody else did around me. So I can only imagine, you know, the 150 or 200 people that were in line with me, you know, what that, ha- what that happened. And all those people that were in line, I will guarantee you over half of them have not gotten their luggage like mine.
2: Well, and then on the other hand, so then you had to, you had to get a hotel and we had to get a hotel. And
1: (laughs) here's the bright news. The hotel was fabulous. The airport hotel was the Hilton was fantastic. Probably had one of my best meals, believe it or not, even though I ate myself silly through Italy. um, They had this new concept restaurant in the hotel called the Bowery Anyone going to Amsterdam and have to stay overnight, highly recommended. It was absolutely phenomenal. Okay. Um, Got up, had to get to the airport four hours before your flight. They don't have clear. They, you know, they have a sky priority and first class line, but that is also quite full because of all these people that had to be rebooked. And it took us two and a half hours to get through everything. Remind you, we still had no luggage because they kept our luggage at the airport. It was just body and getting a boarding pass because the lines at the kiosks were so long that it didn't matter. And we got to our gate for them to then change our gate an hour before, which was a half an hour walk from where we were sitting to where we had to go and then we finally got on the plane came home and I was traveling with a good friend
2: and she got her luggage I did not so we're on the luggage count the Lisa without luggage and we all know how organized and beautifully put together you are. So I can only imagine the treasures that are in your lost luggage right now. There are treasures in my luggage.
1: There are, um, but here is hopefully if I get my luggage, I keep saying if I get my luggage, everyone tells me I will, just be patient. Because I pack rolled clothes in plastic baggies, I do that when I come home too. Even with all of the new things that I did purchase on my trip, I brought extra baggies. So every single thing in my suitcase is in a plastic bag. So I feel good about the fact that my clothes and everything that's sitting in my suitcase is not sitting there and it's going to smell terrible because everything is in a sealed tight bag. I'm hoping I'm going to see when I get my luggage, how good that really was. And when you call on the line, they ask you, how did you pack your suitcase? Well, I can describe it perfectly, how my suitcase is packed. And the woman on the other end goes, wow, you really do pack well to come home. I mean, I knew exactly every bag, how it was packed. What's in it. What's in it. And anybody who's looked at our social media knows I made a video before I left. So I have a video of everything that I brought with me. And I have that in case I don't get my luggage. That's true. But let me add something for those who are packing to go away on a long trip and have to check luggage. Everybody brings their favorite things. And I always tell people when you're going somewhere and you have to check your luggage, bring in your carry on. Two days worth of stuff. Coming home, I've never done that before, right? I've never had this problem. I'm going to tell everybody who is listening if you are traveling in the next year and you're checking your bag, do the same thing going home. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Because I have some wonderful treasures and things that you don't even think about. For example, Katie my bra and underwear, right? I brought all my favorite bras. I even bought new bras for my trip, right? And all of my underwear. So I come home. Yeah, I've got underwear in my door, but nothing that I like to wear. Yes, I can go and purchase more underwear and I probably will have to,
2: but you can't do that right away. Yeah. And I would say truly, if there are treasures that you cannot live without... They should not be in a checked bag.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, you might not have room. You just don't know what you're going to buy That's true. on your trip. And I did buy some wonderful things. I bought several things at Jennifer Tattinelli's store in Florence. They are all in my luggage.
3: Hmm.
2: Well, we're going we're gonna to hope for the best. Um, we're going to... You know, you did go, you actually went to the Minneapolis St. Paul airport directly to the luggage counter. I did recently. And you got maybe a glimmer of hope.
1: I walked up to the counter. There were three women working. Two of the women had people already with them. I walked up to the middle person and she looked at me. She goes, you're going to ask me if your luggage is either coming from Amsterdam or Charles de Gaulle airport. I didn't say a word. (laughs) I said, how did you know that? And she just shook her head. She said, I am so sorry. This is all we're getting today. This is in the middle of the day. People are doing the same thing. I'm driving down to talk to a real person. And she said, it's the worst I've ever seen it. And I've been doing this for years. And I had one woman on one side of me with her mother and her daughter who came from London to come to Minneapolis. Their luggage never made it here. And another gentleman and his son were coming from Amsterdam, just like me. They have no luggage. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge problem,
2: right? And I'm really complaining about it or tweeting about it, or, you know, I'm the, I'm the queen of, okay, this is not right. I'm going to put something out on social media. There are so many, I mean, Delta, all the airlines know what's going on. And I don't see this rectifying itself for a very long time. It's got me, obviously we've got a trip coming up. We were not going to be checking luggage anyway, but you know, the thoughts of Uh, We have a two and a half hour connection in Amsterdam. I sure hope that's enough. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think you have to be pretty much prepared for anything if you're taking a trip. And because travel is back to pre-pandemic levels without the pre-pandemic staff, the flights are more expensive, the seats are harder to get, it's harder to get around the airport, it, everything takes more time. So I guess, you know, we've become a little bit of a preemptive travel beware is what we're trying to say in this little part of our of our uh of our podcast as we talk about our guest, we have Megan Cooper coming on who is a trainer. Uh, a physical trainer. She does um, personal training at different levels. And so we're going to hear from her. She particularly looks at people in our age bracket, Lisa. Really, I think she does everyone. But the changes that happen, one of the things that I notice as we pivot a little bit, as I'm packing on this trip that I'm taking, and I started several weeks ago, pulling things out and determining for two reasons. Number one, I want to make sure things fit me. And number two, I am going to be so intentional about what goes into those bags, because I want to pack the least amount of stuff that I possibly can, and still feel like that I've got everything covered. Because I don't want to be hauling crap around. So back to Megan. So I think to myself, wow, I sure would like to wear this. Nope, doesn't fit the same around the middle, doesn't, Things aren't fitting the same as they used to. So, and then I get a little upset with myself. Well, I could have worked a little harder to get into this and whatnot. And then I think, well, that's stupid. I've been busy. I've been leading my life. I've got to be more gentle with myself. So all of these things I think we can do. But I think I'm not alone in my thought process.
1: No, you're definitely not alone. I mean, I, I have the same situation myself when, I, when I'm packing, And again, going back to what's in my luggage, those are all my favorite things for the summer. So it's the middle of the summer right now. Sure, I have stuff in my closet, but not my favorite things. Because when you're traveling, you want to bring your favorite things. So when you get up and you get dressed, you feel really good. And you're not, you don't have that in your head you don't have, oh my God, this feels so tight around my stomach. Can anyone see my stomach? I guess I can't eat lunch today. And then you go to this great restaurant. Of course, you're going to eat lunch and you're going to have a glass of wine. If you're in areas that have great wine and then you're, oh God, I shouldn't have done that. And then you're spending all this mental time and mental space where you could be taking that mental space and using it to enjoy where you are. So what I tell myself and other clients is give yourself space. And especially when you're taking a trip, take your favorite things that feel good on
2: you, and that look good on you, and that you like. And along with space, give yourself grace, because, you know, we especially as busy women have a lot of balls in the air, we have families, we have grandchildren, we have. So the sometimes the last thing we do is think about ourselves. And that's one of the things we're going to talk to Megan about too, is how she helps us change our thinking on that. So let's welcome Megan Cooper from Studio Me Fitness to our podcast. Megan Cooper, thanks so much for being with us. How is it in your world today? It's going great. I'm on a month-long vacation, so I'm super excited. Yeah. What? Yeah. No clients for a whole month?
3: No clients for two weeks, and then I'll have some virtual clients, but otherwise working on the business
2: stuff that I just haven't been able to do in the last couple of years. Okay. Well, you have Studio Me Fitness. I do. Yes. How do people show up? to Studio Me Fitness. What do you mean by how do people show up? Well, how do they find you? What do they do? What's what's the process? Here we are to, uh, you know, I would like to say that I'm a very active woman, but as I think of my fitness journey, I sure could use some help figuring out what's going to happen in the last quarter, I like to call it, of my life. So hitting the sixties knowing I've got a lot of life left to live and I'd like to be at my best. So if I were to look, what would I be looking for if I come to studio me fitness? Yeah. So you
3: would be either going to our website or calling us, get texting us and just asking more about us. And what we do is our whole process is we meet first. We want to make sure that we learn about you and your goals And not only that, but we're also a good fit for what your goals are, because we want to make sure we're. if your goals are to be in a bodybuilding competition, that's not us. If you want to be a super power lifter, that's not us either. We want to really focus on helping our clients live their best and most vibrant life. So that we do that through strength training. We work on our cardiovascular endurance. We use rowing machines. So it's low impact. Lisa knows all about that. She has a rowing machine at home that we've done training with. And really just helping clients get that strength and get going. You yes, have a rowing Katie, machine? I, have, at home?
1: I, do, I do, Katie. I have a rowing machine. And it really only works when I turn my computer on and Megan's face is right there and says, get on that <laughs> rowing machine. Even then, but might otherwise, I tough. walk by it and I look at it.
2: I do. Sometimes. Well, it's a little harder with a rowing machine to hang clothes on it because it's a little lower to the ground. But I have to say, a rowing machine is one of my most favorite things to work out on. Well, that's why I bought it because I for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, not for you. You can come over and
1: use it if you want. Okay. (laughs) But but let's let's backtrack a little bit. So um, I found Megan through a friend of mine. And we Katie, you know, and Megan does know, I am not a person that really loves to work out. That is not how I wake up in the morning. I go, oh my God, wonderful. I got to work out because then I'm going to feel really good and it's going to set me up for my day. But I know that I have to work out, especially as I age for my bones and for uh, my body, not necessarily my mental health. And Katie, I mean, sorry, not Katie, Megan was very good At figuring out who I was right away. And she allowed me to distract her for about 10 minutes. And then she got me doing stuff, right. And for people listening to this podcast, who are a lot like me who don't like to work out. I think that everybody can find something that they enjoy doing that will help. But you need someone like a Megan to tell you, I really think you should do this rather than this." And then maybe they'll see some benefit out of it. Do you agree, Megan?
3: Absolutely. And I think everybody's drive or finding what motivates everybody is completely different. So that's why having that coach is really important. And so like I said, for us, if we're not that right person, we want to help you find that right person or that right place. We don't just accept everyone that wants to work with us. We want to make sure we're going to be that good
2: fit. Well, it sounds like you're not cookie cutter.
3: Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. When you could say, Katie, if you were to come in, what we would train you and do with you would be very different than what we would do with Lisa. And it's all gonna be based on your goals and assessment that we do when we first start working together, whether we're in studio or we're doing that virtually.
1: My goal is always to not do it. (laughs) (laughs) It
3: was, but we still got you to do
2: it. (laughs) Well, and here's another side of it though. So I gotta believe not every single one of your clients is a client who does not like to work out. So if I became your client, I do like to work out. And I have throughout my life really enjoyed staying active, but there have been some significant time periods where working out almost set me back. So to me, that says I was doing the wrong things or I was not at a place physically where I could do what I was trying to do, even though I was coming at things slowly. So again, finding that right place who can really find the things that I can do.
3: Absolutely. Because like I said, both of you would have likely very different training styles that we would implement and do with you. And it's knowing it's that balance of and listening to our body. So it's a huge component of it. So some of, depending upon where we are, we may need to slow it down. And that is also, we have multiple different programs and ways that we work with clients, but on our private training side and our semi-private training is really where we can do that and take that step back if needed and learn from, did that work for you? Did it not work for you? How
2: is it going? Do we need to make adjustments? So listening to my body. So last night I had a really, really nice dinner with my kids. They invited me over. And we had salmon and broccoli and coconut rice, and it was absolutely delicious. And I was full. And I came home, and my body said it wanted a treat. <laughs> <laughs> so I I agree you should listen to your body, but sometimes I feel like there's conflicting messages within your own body. And especially as I age and knowing full well that things are affecting me differently. What are the tools that you use to help a person figure out? I mean, you know, we're all hearing microbiome now, and we're all hearing if you can heal your gut, you can figure out your paunch on your stomach or whatnot. So what, what types of things, how do you direct a person to help in those areas?
3: Yeah, we actually, because we've been having a lot of this conversation, we're really not just about fitness. We created these seven pillars, which is help our clients to a healthier lifestyle, which is not just working out, right? Because it's been, it's so much more than that. It's really more for internal health and everything else in our life. We need to be able to balance that too. So nutrition is a big piece of it. So sleep is a big piece of it. Stress is a big piece of it. Staying hydrated, having fun in our lives, which is something that we don't do as often as we get older. And then also just being present in our everyday life. So we've hit on all of those pillars and a lot of our tools that we use with our coaching clients. Like it's not just about working out when you're working with us. It really is hitting on each of these pieces. So in that case where you had a great dinner, uh, we'd be looking at, okay, we, we do talk a little bit more about flexible dieting. And I hate the word dieting because I just it's a bad mindset. So we'll like say flexible eating and kind of not getting into like, yes, there's some pieces with our macronutrients, our proteins, our carbs and our healthy fats and balancing that. But really, how can we make sure we're getting what we need? Because a lot of what we see, especially in our female clients or those that are biologically female clients is they just don't eat enough, right? We aren't eating enough throughout the day. And then that can lead our body to putting it into almost like a starvation mode to where then we just start storing. And especially as we get, postmenopausal, paramenopausal, the postmenopausal, our hormones start changing. And it causes us to have increased cortisol levels. And it causes us to then have to work harder to not necessarily harder, but do different things to elicit the same response we would get as if we were in our 20s and training and moving. So things just affect us differently. So we also have to be looking at what we're doing. And how do we make changes now with what our body's telling us?
2: That makes sense. You, you touched on Postmenopausal, premenopausal. How mm-hmm. much does that really come into the discussion? Quite a bit, actually, and more so now. It's interesting since because we opened
3: back in twenty fourteen, and just with the change in clients, and and not necessarily that we're getting older clients, we're just seeing more clients that are starting to go through that change, and they're starting to have some premenopausal symptoms. So they're getting the grogginess, their workouts aren't working, their stress is super high, anxiety, brain fog, like a lot of that stuff that nobody just wants, nobody talks about, right? They just think it's part of the process and they just deal with it. And so we've been having a lot more of those conversations with clients and we can't keep doing the same thing, just keep hitting our head against the wall. We have to make some changes and what do those changes look like?
1: So I think that's really important what you just said, because- you know, I've been doing what I do for a very long time. And I've watched many of my clients and myself go from starting in their 30s. And now they're in their 60s, right. And I had a couple clients in particular that, you know, really couldn't even function one time doing what I do with them, right. And I stopped them. And I said, I know what you're going through. This is real. This is menopause. And my standard thing is, is I look at them and I go, do you hate everybody, including <laughs> your own children?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they'll just kind of look at me. And I said, because if you do, you're in menopause. And that's just kind of my standard thing to say, because you get to a point where you just nothing, nothing makes you happy. And you get this belly and you get, you know, all these things happening so is there some little tip or tool that you can suggest, just a small thing that people can think about when they feel this way that might help them kind of start on a different path or help them navigate through it?
3: There's so many things. I don't even know if I could pick one thing because everybody's is, journey is so different, right? That some people experience it, some people don't, some people have different Just ways in which they experience it. So like, I, I don't know that I can narrow it down to just one thing, but keeping your body moving and making sure that you're not just walking, right? So walking is great and it's daily movement, but we need to do more than that because we start our bone density at once menopause is that day in time, right? And then it's the rest of our lives. So we have to, it's great if we can be doing something leading up to that, but if we're just starting now we can still make changes we can still see increase our bone density we can still be in the best shape of our life when we are postmenopausal and it's just everybody's ways in which we have to do that is going to be different nutrition plays a big part in it and again it's going to be tied to a lot of making sure we're eating enough and eating enough of the right things so are we getting our veggies majority of us aren't getting enough veggies are we getting our protein a majority of us aren't getting nearly enough protein to be able to combat some of those side effects that happen as we move into that next chapter in our life
2: Are really good
1: protein and not good protein you know i mean like peanut butter is a protein but it has a lot of fat connected to it maybe it is a very good protein you know are there a couple good proteins that you can suggest that a lot of people might like? Other than chicken, chicken. fish? Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's where it's going to go. Lean proteins are always great options, right? So that would be fish, chicken, breast, things like that. But um, there really isn't good and bad. So this is another thing that we've been talking to clients about is getting out of this mindset of this is a good food and this is a bad food. It's more of this is just food, and we are giving food all the power, and we need to give ourselves that power versus the food. So like, yes, this may be a a fattier peanut butter, maybe a fattier protein, but that's okay. Right? So then we just need to look at and try to make some other different choices throughout the day. And it's all are you
2: are are you reaching for that, you know, a spoonful of peanut butter or a spoonful of ice cream? You know, what's the what's the bad and the good? I, I think what's interesting is the way you've answered the last couple of questions that Lisa has asked because she's looking for that quick, a quick little I thing know. that I can get somebody. Uh huh. And there is uh-huh. no quick there fix. Is there no. is no quick. And this fix. is where we continue to make the mistakes because look, social media. We have been brainwashed marketing that oh yeah, you should be able to take a pill or you should be able to do this. Or you should be able to eat this way for thirty. And I. I'm very guilty of that. I'm going to try this diet and drop this weight, and I certainly have. And then it's come back. And at some point, you have to say small incremental steps. It's I think about how people would handle themselves, or how we do handle ourselves in our jobs. We don't go into a new position knowing everything there is to know about that position. And you know, we got two little, and we're we're doing it. It's small incremental steps as you're learning things and why do we not give ourselves that well I guess I've answered my own question right marketing and everything <laughs> that's out there yep, does not so we have to change our thinking we
3: do we to change just our mindset right so and I, we've used this a lot and I've actually talked to my staff about this too is when clients come to us they're spending they're paying for their first month because we do monthly payments, but they're not getting anything to take home with them, right? Like you're spending all this money and you've got nothing. Now you have to put in the hard work to make those changes. Where if you go buy something, you buy a piece of a shirt or a pair of pants, or you buy a TV, you get that instant gratification. You don't get that with fitness and nutrition. You have to put in the work to make those changes. That's so true. Well
1: said.
2: Wow. Yeah. You think about it. It's not exercise therapy. Instead of retail therapy, <laughs> exercise, <Yeah>. therapy. <laughs> exercise therapy. Exercise uh-huh. therapy. And there's something to that though, because if you think about, so that instant gratification is not there, but down line, if you master or you're able to get to where you want to be, that feeling is mm-hmm. so, it's, it's so much better, I guess, because I haven't really been there. <laughs> But I I would believe getting it figured out and being able to live in that space is just so much more of a high, a continued high than even, even a day of retail therapy. Yeah, it's transformative. So we ha- also have a 12 week program and
3: it's by far the the best program. We can guarantee results on that program. If you stick with it, it's a five day a week workouts, an hour and a half workouts, but there's also a nutrition component to it. So you're going to get that one-on-one every single day, that accountability, and you are learning, you're learning how to feel your body because you're moving your body a lot. You're learning when you can go up in weights, when you can't, when you need to balance, when you need to take a rest day, how do you are you getting enough sleep? Like all of this is tied into this program. And we just had a, a group that just wrapped up and we have one, a client who finished it. She's 63 years old and it has truly been life changing for her. She's been struggling the last five years, even when she started with us. And the constants like of starting and stopping and starting and stopping, coming three days a week regularly, but not doing the extra things to really make those changes to get the results she was looking for. And her goal was to be honored by her birthday is to be able to be down 30 pounds. And this was when she first started the program. I was like, I don't know if we can get there, but we're going to do what we can to just make lifestyle changes. And now she is the most confident I've ever seen her. She's buying clothes that look amazing on her. She feels amazing. She comes into the gym. She is flexing. Like She is just rocking it. And she is now... She's in her 60s and she is the strongest she's ever been. It's truly transformative.
1: So wait, but let's stop for a minute. People are busy, they're traveling, they have family. So how do you suggest to people how they work this in? That is a big problem.
2: Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and sing the praises of Rustica Bakery. And then we're going to come back and we're going to get right back to Lisa's question because I don't want to rush it. It is a really excellent thing to talk about. So
0: hang tight. Viewing you your mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations, they're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market, and Southdale Center next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking, either online or in-store, bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. Online ordering is a breeze and curbside pickup is an option. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think, grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. My personal favorite is the Take and Bake Cookies, available online or in-store. Truly a capstone for any get-together and in just 15 minutes from package to plate, a memory to make. We highly suggest you always have these in your freezer. Rusticabakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites.
2: We are back. And Lisa, you had an amazing question before we went to break and I cut you
1: off. I think Megan should recap and answer because I thought it was a great question and I don't think I could say
3: it again the same way. Are you going to make me recap it. So <laughs> you were asking about time and how do we fit it in? Because we're talking about our 12-week program, hour and a half workouts. Not everybody has that time. And that program isn't for everybody, right? So everybody's time is different, right? I don't have children. That's a choice that I've made. I have two fur babies and I'm running my business and that is my life. So my time is dedicated to that and my family. Someone who has two children, their time is going to be very different. Yes, we all still have the same hours in the day, but time is different for all of us, and where our priorities lie, and that's where it comes down to is priorities and what we can manage with where we are in our life right now. So, in terms of how much time is enough to work out, is how much you can get in, right? Moving our body, movement is medicine, and now you're hearing that more and more that we just need to get out and move the actual recommendation for movement is 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous exercise. So that's where walking while yes, it's great. I'm not going to knock it because it's amazing. It's perfect for so many things, but we need to do more than that. So more than that is strength training. It's cardio, just making sure we're not doing too much cardio. So it's really balancing those pieces and what you can fit in is what you can fit in. And by having a a coach or someone help you, so you're not just doing the same thing where you're just hopping on a rowing machine, a treadmill, an elliptical for 20, 30 minutes every single day and expecting to see progress and not. Like that's where a coach can help you building with that program to help you get the results you're looking for. And you said 150 minutes a day? Moderate to vigorous a week. Did I say day? I a week. week. Good.
1: Week. I, just, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little worried about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a week. A week. <laughs> okay. Okay. That Moderate means getting our a heart
3: rate. Yep. Yep. So, so getting cardio.
2: Getting and from much, cardio. Car, and how much cardio do you get from strength workouts? Um, you, get so any? You, that, you, you
3: can, depending upon the type that you're doing. So you could do more of aerobic strength type workouts where your heart rate is going to get up. Um, so, so a lot of stuff we do at the studio, we'd use a lot of kettlebells, which gives us kind of that combination, but we also still need to make sure that we're lifting heavy stuff. So especially as we age doing the lightweights, lots of reps may not get us the results we're looking for. So we want to be adding in some heavier weight training, knowing that
2: it also takes some time to be able to build up to that so we can do it safely without getting injured. Sure. So, so uh, 200 to 100 and. 150 minutes is two and a half hours for those who have to think a little longer than uh, so two and a half hours in a week. Mm -hmm. That should be doable.
3: Should be doable. Absolutely. It's just how we frame it right and our mindset around it where if we get busy, the first thing we always cut is our exercise and our self care.
1: Okay, so cardio versus strength. Everyone talks about core training. You got to build your core. Everything is around your core. And also for people that have back issues and other things, if you can strengthen your core and have good posture, that's going to help with that too. So do you believe that that is important?
3: All of it is, yes. So when we look at strength training, it's not just beneficial for bone density, um, it's about, helps us, our body aesthetically, right? We're building lean muscle that's gonna help hopefully change our body composition, um, but it's also good to stress sort of mentally. It's more of a response in our body that doesn't produce stress necessarily, the same kind of stress that high intensity workout would. So if we're constantly doing cardio and doing this high intensity cardio, which is what we see of a lot of people that are coming into the studio, there's gonna be a point where it's too much, Right. So kind of Katie, when you were talking about it would be too much for you and then you'd restart. It's probably because you were doing the wrong things. So it's, it is balancing it. So we have to make sure we're getting some cardio. Yes. We want some higher intensity where our heart rate is getting up there and it's uncomfortable. And that's where a lot of people don't like to be, especially if they're on their own, they don't want to be in that uncomfortable zone. And then also getting some more of a steady state cardio. So we need to balance that with strength training. So trying to get, two, three, maybe four days a week of strength training. And they can be short sessions. If you only have 15 minutes, you do a workout for 15 minutes. And then the next day, let's see what else we can do. We can combine workouts and get our strength and cardio. But knowing that, especially when we're talking about postmenopausal women, we want to be focusing on that strength training and then adding in some higher intensity cardio pieces to that.
2: That makes sense. That answer It does. And do you find that people, when they come work out with you, from what I'm understanding, you do some group things and then you also do some individual or very small, very small group and then individual, maybe one or two people. Do you find what's, what's the advantage and disadvantage to having a group around you? Well, I'd say there's, More advantages than disadvantages.
3: Advantages is you're not doing it alone, right? We all need that extra accountability when we're coming in for a session to help us show up. You know, it's hard, especially if you're in the morning, the alarm goes off, you don't want to get up. It's just you and maybe your coach there. Uh, I'll maybe reschedule that or I'm just going to hit the snooze button. But if you have some other people in there with you, whether or not it's a group workout or you're all doing the same thing, you're just in the studio together, you have that extra layer of accountability and community. So you've got that, You've what we try to do in our workouts. So kind of thinking of our semi-private model when it's up to four people with one coach is we'll do our warm-ups together. Then everyone's going to branch off and they're going to do their thing based on what their goals are. So whatever that may be for them. And then we bring them back together to do a finisher to make it fun. So it just adds that element of fun in there for you as well. Because working out shouldn't be a chore, right? And if it is, then we need to find something that we enjoy doing. Well, and what if it's a person who's really competitive? And that, that's where groups stuff definitely can help out with that. So if you're competitive being in there with other people and it, it's different in that versus a large group setting, right? You can still be super competitive in a large group setting, but you're not going to have any coaching that's going to be helping you, right? They'll be leading the class from the front, telling you what to do. You're all doing it. But this, you're going to actually have a coach that's going to be in there with you. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: All right, so a tw- how often do you do your 12-week programs?
3: We run them three times a year. So we take usually take the summer off, so we just wrapped up one, and then we'll be
2: starting another one in the fall. And if I wanted to get involved in that, but I spend a lot of time in California, does that still work? Potentially it does. So
3: with this 12-week program, we do need access to equipment, but if we're looking more at private training, then we could do that if you're traveling. So we have a client now who I don't think she's been in the Minneapolis area since pre-COVID. And she's in New York. She's in Utah. She's in California traveling everywhere. And we just, she's got equipment wherever she needs it to be. And we do our sessions just based on where she's at, adjust based on time zone and what she's got going on for
2: travel days. When you talk about equipment, what kind of equipment are you most likely to need?
3: It varies depending upon your goal. I feel
2: like all my answers are, it depends. (laughs) I I Um... (laughs) actually like that because isn't that really what it should be? Because Mm -hmm. don't we all, we all know we're individual. Lisa and I talk about this all the time, especially we are the best version of ourselves. We are the only version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it should be individual we're looking to be individuals. Why wouldn't it be that way in our fitness? Absolutely. And, and,
1: and let me just touch on that for a minute.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, if you can get your fitness down and you can see a change in how you feel in your body, no matter what that is, mentally, you're going to feel better. And then you put your clothes on for the day after that, that you like, you're a different person for the rest of the day. Even, even myself, who, when I do work out um, and I work out on a consistent basis, let's call it for a couple months, right? I do notice changes and I like the changes, whether it's just a little definition in my arm, whatever it is. And then I put on the clothes I like. I have a little bigger you know, strut in my step you know, I think all women do. I think both of those pieces make a difference in how someone feels, even their kids, their job, and all the other hats they wear, those two things create your day. Because if you're not working out at all, and you're beating yourself up about that, that's not good either.
2: No, it's not. Yeah. And we as women get a lot of mixed messages, but taking time for ourselves is really where it comes down to fitting that time in for ourselves. Some people might not consider working out something they do for themselves, particularly if they dislike it, but they will find if they are not at peace with their body, that's really the only thing that's going to fix it is to get... it is. And also thinking
3: about, we can't make changes until we accept our bodies and ourselves the way we are right now. Because if we're constantly in this negative mindset, we're going to be stuck there and it's never going to be good enough. So learning some self-love and compassion is also a part
2: of the process as well. Very well said. Now you have done a lot of training. How did you come to this? What, how did you come to being a personal training trainer, fitness coach? like to say kind of by accident in a
3: way. (laughs) So I was in sports my entire life, a tri-sport athlete in high school. I played tennis in college and I was on the route to, I had a biology degree, um, allied health, so pre-professional sequence to be a dentist. And with tennis and practicing, lifting in the morning, practicing two and a half hours, maybe sometimes two and a half day practices and then traveling every weekend and then in the library on spare time, I just got super, super, super burnt out. And I was like, I'm not going on to school. I can't, I can't physically do this anymore. And it at that point is like, well, now what am I gonna do with my biology degree? I don't want to work in a lab. And I knew that that just didn't fit my personality. But I also didn't want to change majors that late in the game. So I talked to my advisor, talked to a couple others and over in the exercise science area, kinesiology, and didn't really come away with a clear picture of what I was going to do. So like, well, I don't want to be here longer. So I'm just going to finish out, graduate, and then figure out from there. And my first job was working in a lab, which I hated. <laughs> During that time, I had actually found group fitness because previously to me, group fitness was a lot of jazzercise, like step aerobics classes, things like that. And that wasn't what I was used to from being in a, a team sport. I liked the group part of it, but as far as group fitness classes I just wasn't exposed to that I didn't know what it meant and I found this small studio and they bumped around changed ownership and then during that time I'd asked them to if they could add on some more morning classes for me and that was back in probably 20 oh, 2009 2008 and then she'd asked me if I wanted to start teaching and I was like no no I never thought about that like no not at all And then I'd asked her again to add some more morning classes on. And then she's like, what do you think about teaching? So then I got certified. I started with some specialty certifications and I got my group fitness certification, got my personal training certification. And then at that point, just kind of went all in. And I actually started seeing how rowing was taking off. So being on and actually we have water rowers at the studio. And that's when they had first kind of come into the market and they're on the east and west coast and it was starting to really take off. And there really wasn't anything in the Minneapolis area. And I was saying, I think this this is something we could do. Like I could start this because then I started some park classes too. So I was teaching at the studio, going to work, and then a couple nights a week doing park classes for friends. And I loved it. They're like, how can I continue this in the winter? It'd be great if I could have studio space or something. And then it just started to snowball from there. I had no idea what I was getting into starting my own business, but I'm glad I did it. Uh, But knowing now what I know, I'm not so sure (laughs) I would do it again. Um, But then also kind of during that time, which I have not touched on is the importance of exercise to me. So not only because it was a huge part of my life, but it I, when my sister was diagnosed with stage four colorectal cancer at the age of 26, that I, that was like the only time, the hour that I had, not including commute and stuff, but the only time that I had to like focus on me, which allowed me to show up better for my family. So that self-care piece is super, super, super important. And that's when that solidified for me, which also helped with the creation of Studio Me Fitness and just helping people create that time in that
2: space. For themselves so it, it wow that's that's uh that what a great way to get to where you were and uh fantastic figured out how to make it work and how is your sister doing she is great she is
3: now 13 years in remission cancer-free that's fantastic
2: mm-hmm. that's and fantastic that's i think what you said It's so important. Giving yourself that time allowed you to show up for others so much better. So if you can take that time for yourself, you will be there for others, long-term, short-term, whatever. Mm -hmm. On top of that, and we've been really talking about taking care of yourself, we are also big proponents in giving of ourselves. And again, we know with very busy people, who do you ask to do things? Busy people. But Nonprofits are very near and dear to our heart and having that involvement. And first, I want to ask you, how do people get a hold of you if they want to explore and have that conversation? And then we're going to talk about the nonprofit you brought.
3: Yeah, so they can go to our website, studiomefitness.com. They'll see on there, they can submit a form. And then what we'll do is we'll schedule a call with you to talk. So you can either do that or you could just give us a call um, or even text us. And then we would just make sure we're a good fit get you in to see the space and then figure out which program based on what your goals are, what your past experiences are, which of our programs is going to be that best fit and
2: then take it from there. Wonderful. And if somebody doesn't uh, have a computer, I don't know who that would be. What's the phone number? (laughs) 612-656-9306. Thank you for that. Now nonprofit. You picked a wonderful one. Who have you picked? My very own bed and why is this one near and dear to your heart?
3: They are located in actually northeast Minneapolis. They have just expanded their space a little bit and they provide beds to children in need, so whether the family's coming out of the system, whether they just financially are struggling, um, just helping kids get a good night's sleep because when they get a good night's sleep, it helps them in every part of their life so Sleep is a big proponent
2: of also what we preach with our clients. And so it just aligned very well with their vision. And what, a, if you have a chance, go on their website, myveryownbed.org. It is absolutely a lovely website, but they're growing our community one bed at a time. They say, we deliver on a promise to give children their very own bed, a place to sleep, dream, and recharge. All too often, children transitioning to permanent housing are sleeping on the floor, an air mattress, or sharing a bed with their parents or siblings. By providing new beds and dream kits, we give children a space of their own while supporting productive sleep to help them learn and grow. It's something that we certainly take for granted, isn't it? A good night's sleep. Yes, it is. And also we know the importance of it. If any of us have been through menopause, we also (laughs) know the importance of it, which brings us back to exercise, which would help in that area as well, right? All right. You got it. <laughs> it's a full circle. circle of life. It's a full circle. Megan. Thank you. Anything we missed Lisa. I mean, we, you know, there's a lot more information to be had, but I love the fact that you're open to that conversation and really working with people.
1: No, I think we touched on the things that we wanted to touch on. And I want to thank you, Megan. She, Megan's great. Again, she was able to get me to work out and show up and um, it does make a difference. She is our first person on our podcast that talks about exercise, and I think it's a really big part of the view
2: in your mirror Well said. thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much for having me you got love her vibe she's great she's
1: the best. I probably wouldn't have worked out the last i don't <laughs> even know five six years if I hadn't met <laughs> Megan and I have right. worked out at other places but she's really the first person that had me interested for
2: a period of time to want to work out. And I did see results. You did. Are you no longer seeing those results or what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I worked out out virtually
1: with her during COVID. Okay. But then when I started to get really busy back working again, the first thing I give up, is that type of exercise. You know, I still walk every day at least three to five miles. And on occasion, I will do Pilates, Mm -hmm. um, which I really do like, but I am not doing the intense training that I was doing. And I actually was doing it pretty regular with her through COVID the first year and a half. I had to show up my computer, all of a sudden there she was on Zoom. I
2: had to do it. Did she start doing virtual because of Zoom, or had she always had that component? I have no idea. Hmm. Should have asked her that question, but I guess it doesn't matter now because it's a way. She doesn't know.
1: She doesn't know.
2: Well, listen. As I am embarking on my trip coming up soon, if I have some extra time in the Amsterdam airport, which happens to be uh, my connecting area. I will certainly head down to luggage and see if I can locate one bag. So send me all of your bag information in case I end up over there. Katie, I hope that I do not have to use this
1: request. Mm -hmm. But if I do, if there's one person that can get the job done
2: for me, it's you. (laughs) You betcha. Listen, we will also have to remember to talk about this on our next podcast, which I think needs to be on Italy and what you're seeing and trends and what Jennifer has come up with, because I see little bits of things on Instagram. She's teasing some of the new things coming out. So we'll have to talk about that. Um, yes, and I, I actually spent a lot of time with
1: Jennifer because that's why I went and I learned a lot. We talked about fall trends. We talked about what's coming up. Well, there you go.
2: That's, that's our next
1: podcast. I did ask her if she would be willing to come on again and
2: talk with us a little bit. And she said, yes. So hopefully we'll find a time. All right. We've got some interesting things coming up, including a producer, female producer of movies and film. I guess movies and film are the same thing (laughs) content. out in LA and uh some other things in the works. So
1: the one thing that I am looking forward to talking about in, a, in the next couple podcasts is also what we're going to start seeing for trends and what's going to be coming up for the fall season because I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to make some purchases because
2: everybody is going to be back in action. The other thing we're seeing in trends in my side of the world is people are doing an awful lot of cleaning out, editing. I think having gone through COVID for the last two years and living with stuff, people have realized they can live with a lot less of it. So what to do in those cases? So we'll be talking all about that in the future. In the meantime, we want you all to know that you are phenomenal just as you are We're just here to give you some strategies and hints and tips to enhance how great you already are and make that view in your mirror one that you can be always proud to look at. Until next time.